Sorry, we're closed. All right, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of Sorry We're Closed, your favorite podcast in the northwest corridor of Hoboken, New Jersey. And it was a lovely week. It was actually, I take that back. Weather wise, it was a shitty week. I know I don't know where you're located, but if you're located in New Jersey, Tivo, do you have just rain for like, oh, seems like seven days straight? I, I haven't seen the sun in a, in a week. I think I'm yeah, sick. Dude. It it was it was t- yeah, it was it was uh, a lot of rain. Uh, surprisingly, the bars did very well. Typically, rain holds people back, but we'll jump right into the first topic of the day, which is something that I tweeted out recently. Our good friends over at the Name Redacted Pod, um, and one of the co-hosts, Tyler Milliken, tweeted. He turned his Twitter account uh, into somewhat of a news uh, thread. Uh, he's almost like a beat reporter. Well, he's following. Uh, he's following your lead of like he sees how well you're doing in business, and he's like, I gotta pick a lane. Yeah, here. yeah, but yeah, he, I, listen, he's doing great. He's doing great. But I, I, that's where I get all my Red Sox news from Tyler Milliken. Shout out Tyler. But he had said that Kenley Jansen uh, clearly wasn't happy with Heimblum. Uh, how how Heimblum handled the deadline? We do have a great team, and if we could have had a couple starters at the deadline, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. We'd be playing in a wild card game, and so. I took this opportunity, as we have here on the Sorry We're Closed podcast, to talk a little business about this and talk a little bit more in depth rather than just saying, hey, Heim Bloom didn't add starters, which is obvious. It's a little bit more why he may have not added starters. And, and from a leader's perspective, you know, exactly why, you know, it's tough to judge these people from the outside. So I'll just say what my tweet was, and we'll get the ball rolling for the crew. My tweet said, as a player, it is very easy to criticize the GM for not making moves, and I know this because I did it. And, Sean, I'll, before I even go further on the tweet, on the tweet, you remember during the deadlines as leading up to it, all the guys, although they pretend no one's on MLB trade rumors, everyone's on MLB trade rumors. Yeah. Everyone's talking about, oh, no, they need to add this. They need to add that. And you know, listen, there's going to be a lot of guys coming out of the minor yeah, league system. Being, the minor leagues, we're looking at a whole lot of players to be named later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it is from, from after the All-Star break on, it is just everyone who thinks they might have a chance of being traded, which seemingly is every minor leaguer in the history of the world. I know. They all, they, they all think that they're on the, on the chopping block. Yeah. It, they all, they're, everyone's looking at MLB trade rumors daily, uh, probably multiple times daily. They're Googling their name with, you know, see if the people are talking about them possibly being traded. It's just, listen, it's human nature. Everyone wants to pretend like it doesn't happen. It's it gossip, happens. man. It's gossip, yeah. you know? It, it happens. And you think people it. might, yeah, you think people might be talking about you, and you think people might be, you know, it might be a good thing for you. So, like, you're bound to want to look. Uh, yeah. So, it just happens. It is what it is. Everyone can pretend like it doesn't in the, in the clubhouse, but it's happening. Uh, but I digress. Player, uh, the, the tweet goes on to say, players don't have the entire picture when doing this. Of course, the Sox could have used a couple stars, but no one else, no one, oh, no one else is in every meeting with ownership, calls with other GMs, etc., to know all of the factors that went into Heim's decision. I'm not saying Heim made the right decision, but it's easy to criticize when you only have 25% of the picture. 
I go on to say about and relate it into my own world, and and this is where we can kind of get into our own specific entrepreneurial dreams on the pod. Mm. I get criticized daily, and that's that is probably it's accurate, but just for reference for people that saw the tweet, no one's coming up to me and criticizing me daily. I just know it's happening behind closed doors. I know people are criticizing decisions I make behind my back all the time. So I, that's why I said that. But I get criticized daily by my employees and then I get fed up enough or, to be fair, have had enough scotch to actually <laughs> lay out all of the reasons slash events that went into my or this particular decision. And most of the time, the employee understands why I made the decision. They don't always agree. But criticism typically stops and understanding begins. And now I'll also send one more caveat in the to be fair, as I always try to be. Uh, I also understand that when it's face to face, you're criticizing me face to face and I'm giving you counterpoints. That person is more likely to give in at that point because I am their boss. Um, so there is, there's probably times where I've done this. They stop criticizing me. Oh, I totally understand when I walk away and they're like, yeah, sure, bud. Um, so there's obviously that as well, but we see this in all areas of of everything. You know, every industry. Uh, anytime you're a leader, you know, you know, it comes with the job, right? Uh, you just this is just kind of what happens. Um, I I will read some responses I had. Uh, Kuj cats. Uh, like to say, Pat, you never were in, uh, on an MLB team long enough to give an opinion. Why make that up? Inspired. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. My re- my response was, I'm from New Jersey. I form opinions very quickly. Um, someone said, moral of the story, Heim needed more scotch. <laughs> uh, and then there were a few other in- in- actions. No one's, I didn't see any. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's one. I haven't read this one, so hopefully it's good. Uh, Ballpark Buzz says, I agree with this to an extent. If Kennedy didn't say Boston was going to win the World Series, then I would understand. But I'd imagine the recruitment of Jansen was with the idea that Boston would compete and not adding two uh, GBs in, is not competing. Oh, not, oh, not, oh, I see what I'm saying. Not adding only two games back is not competing. I missed a word there. Um, which is understandable. I mean, when you have, when you have, oh, we got a lot. Of, well, we have a ton of comments. Good for me. Um, we have another guy, Adam Lid- Lidberman. Sorry, Heim made his perspective very clear in his post-deadline comments. He didn't think this team was worth investing in and was okay not making the playoffs. He was out of touch with his team and the fan base. Sometimes it's easy to criticize because criticism is deserved. Huh. I like that. So, yeah, I like that too. There's uh, listen. There's we got some a lot of good comments. We got Jay Mancock five twenty. <laughs> Uh, he's not wrong. If Man you're in cup. the mix, yeah. Uh, if you're in the mix, you need to add something. And Urias is not something. Uh, the reason Bloom is out is because he couldn't pull the trigger on anything. Some of the, of his prospect acquisitions may turn into something great, but you can't you can't pass on deals every season. So listen, and I will, let me just add one more because um, the owners uh, DJ Cabral. The owners put handcuffs on him with the tax. He did not help it with last year's moves, which kept him in the tax. This year, he just he just spent poorly. Bloom was not major market GM. Listen, we got a, we got a bunch here. All of them saying actually pretty good stuff and and you know different things. Um, but I want to make it clear: I am not saying that I agree with he- with Heim did or, or what happened. 
All I'm saying, and even in these these things, and this is what we I want to dive into here, Sean, is for example, um, this line from Mancuck. The reason Bloom is out is because he couldn't pull pull the trigger on anything. You don't really know. You weren't in the calls. You don't really know how those calls went. Did, what, was the was the team asking for too much? Was the, the other team asking for too much? Would he, you know, why didn't he pull the trigger? We know he didn't, but why didn't he pull the trigger? That is kind of the situation we're in, and we the I just saying you can't criticize. It'd be like one of any of our employees coming to us and being like, you know, why didn't you do this? And you're saying, well, you you don't you know, fucking I, why didn't we keep TiVo on? Well, you don't realize TiVo was asking for a million dollars an episode. You know, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> worth yes, it, he, worth it. <laughs> he was great, but we didn't have enough income in the business to to, to withstand that kind of exposure and onslaught, world. financial onslaught. <laughs> so, listen, it, it, it's it's just one of those situations where you have to kind of understand that you, of course, criticize criticism is coming when you're the GM of the Boston Red Sox. And, of course, criticism is coming. But when push comes to shove, I just need a little bit of understanding that, hey, listen, uh, you know, I don't have the whole picture. I don't know exactly everything that's happened. So it comes with that little – what's, Sean, what's the stuff at the end, a uh, little footnote, asterisk. right? Asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. But they, at the, uh, when you read a book, there's like yeah. a little note, and then you have to yeah. go to the bottom. So <clears> – <throat> Comes with a little footnote that hey, listen, I, this isn't something that you know we have the full picture on, so it makes sense that we hold off the entire thing. But if he did fuck up on the criticism, or fuck up on the on the de- deadline, and, and he, he you know they weren't asking for too much, he should have pulled the trigger on this, should have pulled the trigger on that, then yeah, he's out. And maybe that's why he is out. Maybe the ownership does know those conversations. Maybe they do know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, it'd be like. <clears throat> You know, like a manager, like maybe I fired a manager or something, and it, everyone loves him, but you don't know behind closed doors. Yeah, he was he was you know taking a hundred out of the cash drawer every day, you know, or he wasn't he wasn't hmm. making the right. He was he was only giving his girlfriend job, you know, the best shifts. And I don't know stuff like that. So you don't really know exactly why you would get rid of people, uh, but you just have the whole bit. Sean, do you have anything in in your world that you've? You've seen that. I mean, obviously, everyone can relate to this. When you're anytime you start your own thing, everyone on Instagram likes to criticize how you're doing your posts, or <laughs> oh, they started a new business. So we all can relate to it. But you know, what specifically in your life you think uh, this relates to the most? I mean, there's a lot of things that this particular conversation reminds me of. It is very interesting how I like feel comfortable and warranted to criticize Neil Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. in his ability to coach the West Virginia Mountaineers, uh, and adamantly so. Uh, my entire experience in play calling is in Madden. Um, maybe, oh, maybe NCAA football sometimes. NCAA football, a little NFL blitz. like to see a little more flood slit this weekend against TCU. Engage eight. Uh, engage eight, you know. Uh, um so it, it is interesting that that is the case. And like I feel like I am 100% correct in that when, when you like really look at it on paper, 
the amount of time, effort, mental focus that goes in, even if he was half-assing his job, his opinion is significantly more valid than than mine is. Uh, and what it really reminded me of was uh, Ray Dalio's book, Principles. Uh, and his whole, the, the, in that book, what he is describing is the machine that he built uh, that is Bridgewater Associates, uh, the, as far as I'm aware, the largest hedge fund that has ever existed, and it still exists, um, and the most successful by a long shot from what I gather. Uh, and one of the things that he did, like what basically what he did, the way he created this machine was uh, every time he would run into an issue, he would he created this thing called the issue log, uh, and he would lo- he would record the, what the issue was, and then they would have like a task force go in to resolve the issue. Uh, and over the course of 20, 30 years, they created you know hundreds of principles that guided their decision making, uh, and you know, as time progressed, what they would do is anytime they were presented with a new project uh, or a decision that had to be made, they would just, they had it you know, logged through algorithms into a computer where they could just go in, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll review the previous principles and the decisions that they've come to over the years, uh, and then it'll weight all of those things to, you know, come up with the decision for what they're going to do today. Which is really interesting, like very algorithmic in terms of decision making. I thought it was like really effective for productivity. They're able to do more things because they don't have to spend so much time on decision making because they've already made those decisions in the past. He calls it like every time a problem would come up, he called it another one of those, right? Where, uh, you know, we've experienced this in the past, so we already know how to do this. No, don't waste time with it. Just plug it into the computer and get the answer, uh, which I found to be very interesting. However, when new problems arise, one of the things that he found to be a, a, a problematic, uh, because everybody in his company, from literally the top CEO to the to the bottom intern, has input. So what he had to do is he had to realize that this intern does not have the same credibility that Ray Dalio does, or like the CFO, or something like that. So he started creating these things called baseball cards for all of his employees, and in the baseball cards you have a believability scale. Uh, and the believability scale is how essentially exactly that, like how how much weight should I hold your opinion? And he said, if you are trying to accomplish a task, right? Like so in baseball, trying to make the playoffs, trying to win the World Series, you are not even on the scale of believability until you've accomplished the task that you're trying to accomplish in the past at least three times. So that would mean that nobody's opinion, no GM uh, is no GM's opinion is valid unless they have previously won the World Series three times. That would that would tell me that that person is allowed to make the decision and they're now believable. If they've never done it, they don't even register on the believability scale, uh, which I found to be really inter- interesting. So for me, like all of this stuff, you know, it's the fan, it's the Monday morning quarterback, it's, uh, you know, I mean, everybody thinks they know how to, you know, you, we see it all the time, right? Like in your love life, not just yours, but like everybody's, like everybody thinks that they know, well, this is what you, I always thought this was interesting when people be like, this is what your problem is. Oh, I think your problem is that, you know, you're not going to the right bars. Like, 
that's what my problem is. And then everybody has an opinion on how to run your business. And I think that's just human nature. Uh, but I found it to be really interesting how Ray Dalio tries to solve that and rather successfully so in creating the world's largest money machine. Um, so that's what it reminds me of. So you said that the GM has no input until he wins three World Series? So then according why a, to why is he a GM? How does he? Even well, get so there? that's that's what's interesting. So like, uh, just a core. I mean, it just is just according to like Ray Dalio was just creating like a decision making machine, <laughs> right? So is Ray Dalio's decision making machine just a mirage, and he makes all the decisions? So he's up well, top. No, and he's like you can't make any decisions until you're Ray Dalio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, never yeah. gonna be Ray Dalio. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't you just shut the hell up with your decision making? But I think I think if you plugged Ray Dalio as like the president of ops, right? And and I think all of it translates from hedge fund to baseball team to all this stuff. Like I think that if you plugged him into like Dave Dombrowski's old role, I think if you plugged him in there, his initial thought is like we need to find somebody with a high weighted believability. So who are the general managers who have won three? World Series, and that's the guy we're going to take advice from. I'm not listening to anybody else. I'm not listening to Heim. I don't know this guy's whatever. He's been, he's been fired, right? Heim Bloom. Yep. Uh, like I'm not listening to any of these guys because I don't. I how could you possibly know the answer if you've never accomplished it in the past? Uh, listen, I think that is is brilliant uh, because it's it's accurate. And this is why, like, like it, so it's comparing Red Sox and West Virginia University, very mm-hmm. difficult to pair the two. But, you know, when we see what the Red Sox – so the Red Sox went and got Bloom For those non-Red Sox fans or non-baseball fans that don't follow the Red Sox, Red Sox went and got Bloom from the Tampa Bay Rays. It seemed as though people were picking people up, I think, the Rays, like the Dodgers did it and so on, to kind of build a team that has a phenomenal minor league system – but has the, the spending power of the Dodgers and the Red Sox to be able to just be always in the mix at all times, which the Dodgers, to their credit, seem to have done in the last decade. So that's what the goal was when we went and got Heim. Now, listen, was he the guy? And that's what you, and that's what you have to rely on when you're John Henry because as West Virginia University, like West Virginia isn't going to go be able to go get Nick Saban. Of course, we're going li- to listen to Nick Saban. We're going to listen to, you know, I don't know. That'd be great to get the Texas A&M guy. Who's that guy? Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. Like, guys that have done it. They've done it. We can trust that they know how to do it. It's just a matter of if they can, can now compete and complete the task. And that's what we're dealing with at Neil Brown. We're just not really sure he knows what the hell he's doing in order to execute at this level. I mean, in reality, he doesn't. He's guessing, right? Because he does he does not have definitive information on how to get to that level. Uh, so he is just guessing on 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 that, right? So what I would like from a WV, if we're using this Radalio scale, we need to find maybe not a head coach, but a like a Pat Riley is in my head right now. Like I I would imagine that guy's won at least three championships. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely with yeah. the Lakers. He won definitely uh, two. Definitely oh, he's won several uh, with yeah, Miami, right? So like this guy. 
This guy knows what it takes. So when he says Eric Spolster is our guy, how interesting that Miami, Eric Spolster was kind of like waving for a while, like not sure if he was going to be able to keep his job. Even when he was with the lake or with, with the big three down there, everybody thought that he needed to go because uh, he wasn't the guy for the job. And they were he was like really on the hot seat. And he kind of felt like, like the video coordinator got promoted here. Everyone was like, who is this guy? Now he's heralded as like the best coach in the NBA. And you look at a Pat Riley who on the believability scale is very, very strong. And he says, no, this is the guy. This is what we need. This is what we're going to do. And then, and and for as long as Pat Riley's been there, man, they've been in the mix, man. They really have. And, and to this day, like, they don't have like mega stars, but you know, you look at a Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty, they're, they got a really nice roster. They're not winning it, but they're always in the mix. And I think that that's what you're hoping for out of, out of an organization. So like a WVU needs like a Pat Riley, like like if Saban retired, could we get him as a as a consultant? Could we get him as the director of football operations? Like right under the athletic no. director that can I know we can't. <laughs> I know we can't. But like but like who could we do that? Who could how could we go get that information, right? That's that's what we're looking for. So and the same thing with the GM oh. for of the Red Sox. Who could you get Joe Torrey to come? Maybe not for the Red Sox, but could you get Joe Torrey, who's been in that position, uh, not as a GM, but uh, like that's that's I love that idea. Yeah, Tima, before you go, just for reference for the folks at home, Pat Riley, nine rings, nine rings, nine. Nine. Yeah, nine. Um, So my man's got a clue. On the Ray Dalio scale, is Deion Sanders qualified to be the head coach to bring a Division One football team to the promised land? No. Absolutely not, right? Not even not a little close. bit. Couldn't couldn't even win at, at the lower level. Lost. Well, here's what here's what's real doesn't have what's really it interesting. Takes. Here's what's really interesting. Like if you really think about like Ray Dalio and like just success on a general level, Ray Dalio isn't even considering Deion Sanders' opinion. <laughs> He's he doesn't even register on the scale. It's yeah. in one ear and out the other. It's like intern. Dion, just like yeah, have we? Yeah. I think we just found the title of the episode. Ray Dalio doesn't even consider Dion Sanders' <laughs> opinion. Yeah, but I mean, it's really interesting. Like he's gonna look at that. Like I think you could. He wouldn't even register on the on the program well, turnaround scale. I mean, and out of all the thirty-two coaches in the NFL, how many would even qualify? Belichick. Well, I think I think you you got to start with the high, the higher up, right? So like, who is who's the person in charge? Have they done it three times? So can they pluck the right head coach? So like, you look at like Mike McCarthy in the NFL, right? For the for the Cowboys, right? Everyone's like, okay, Mike McCarthy may not be the guy for the job. I know he's I know he has won Super Bowls. I'm pretty sure. I think the Packers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got one. Uh, but, like, whoever the general manager is, whoever the, the fake general manager is there, like Jerry Jones, <laughs> right? Like, has have they won three Super Bowls? And then it's like, if if then you can look at the head coach, right? And the, probably the fur, the more more believability people you can put on the roster, uh, the like more that. likely you are to, obviously, I mean, you're so, that's like a dream team, right? Like, you're like a Pat Riley GM, Phil Jackson head coach, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, right? But, I, I, you know, I like to, the, of the decision makers at the very least, you'd like to see that. 
I feel like yep. I have to resign in my own life, according to the Ray Dalio scale. Like I'm not qualified to what, to run my own. Like life. here, what am I? What am I qualified to do? Patrick is yeah. <laughs> uber qualified at minigun kills in Fortnite right now. Oh, I'm, right? I am qualified, baby. When Patrick says yeah, last night that my plan stinks, actually his real words were, "I think you're putting together some bullshit plans to try to beat the minigun." <laughs> and listen, on the believability scale, I'm zero. He's a 100. So my plan's now bullshit, and I don't even question it. No. So I, listen. First off, uh, for also the folks at home, uh, keeping track, Mike McCarthy won Super Bowl 2010, oh, Green nice. Bay Packers. Research team. Yeah, research team. I got listen. When you're on your little thing, I, I got nothing to do. <laughs> but uh, I think I I love this with the Ray Dalio stuff. One because we talked about how, and I, this is why I think this podcast has found its fucking thing, because we talked last week about how Ray De- how Deion Sanders was a brilliant hire for the Colorado or uh, University. Because of all because of all the money he's bringing in from a business standpoint, of course, eventually he has to win before they're like, all right, get this fucking guy out of here. But from a business standpoint, right now, absolutely brilliant, well done, Colorado, phenomenal business move. Now, as we continue to move forward, though, is he a reputable source on how to win big time college football college football games? I got to tell you, I love, not that this is really business. I guess it is kind of business. I love the accountability he had at the end of the last week's game. You know, he didn't come in there bitching and moaning. He, he, he sat there. At least the clip that I saw was, hey, that was a good old-fashioned ass whooping. Like, he took some accountability. They, they were outcoached. They were outplayed, so on and so forth, right? So you love that. Love to see that. That shows some good promise. But from the time, from, as of right now, that's what you need. And so it's I like this because from a business standpoint, when we're looking at for my own businesses, and it's I always like I don't know. I, I think one of one of my best attributes is I know what I don't know. So like I don't try to pretend like I know all this stuff. Like I, I'm a big data guy. So like when something is selling off the charts somewhere, I'm gonna raise the price on that because supply and demand that's what they taught me in in you know sophomore high school you know business class right <laughs> mr santos you know, that's, yeah, it's, like the, it's like one of the first shout out mr santos about. yeah it's like the first one of the first things they talk about supply and demand when the de- when the demand goes high supply goes down which means the, you gotta charge more money so like just basic stuff like that like that's the stuff that i i feel confident in but as far as like you know, maybe cr- uh, creating a restaurant, although we did just have one that I think is going to be very successful and has done a great job so far. Uh, although I, I had some things I liked, and everyone, if you've been to Hoboken, you've been to River Street Garage, you know, uh, and you've spoken to me there, I've probably grabbed you and brought you to the, the backyard area and showed you the damn fall leaves because I want, I took me two days to put those damn leaves up and I want everyone to see them. Uh, so, like, although that was me, the rest of it really wasn't me. People told me what they wanted to do, and I was like, oh, that, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I, I, I love that idea. But it's not me doing it. I don't know how to do those things. And I go find people on the Pat Light believability scale <laughs> that I think I trust to be able to go do this job. Like, okay, you have, you've done this, this, and this. All right, go do it. Like, I, 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 right, at the very least, your opinion's probably better than my opinion. So... You know, we have a better chance of success with you than we do with me doing this. So that's why that's what we do, right? So, but like if you talk about like putting in, you know, liquor license applications, I've done so many of those. I know what they're going to be asking for. I, you, you, I don't have to go ask the detective. When you tell me, oh, do I need to do this? Yes, you probably need to do this. 
Uh, they, unless all of a sudden he changed the rules. The rules haven't changed. You got to do this. So like, on that's what I try to do and how to how to how to structure my businesses. And I I, I did it at. Um, Sean, help me with the guy's name. You might have you might have seen him. You probably don't know his name either. It's like Crone or something on on TikTok. Is Peter real Crone? Estate. Oh, real estate? Like no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a real estate guy, uh, but he just he's he's you know he had a clip go viral recently because he said he's not trying to be a billionaire. He's trying to be a trillionaire. Oh, I see. I yeah. It's a guy who like wakes stupid. up at like three thirty in the morning. He's like yeah. holding hands with his wife while meditating on the treadmill. Yeah. It, it came up super. It came up super stupid, honestly, and I didn't particularly care for it. And because because he went on to say because he thinks with modern medicine and all that stuff, he he's planning on living to about 150. Okay, he's, maybe he's you'll be a trillionaire then. Stri- it's, 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 it's probably clickbait and all that stuff, but whatever. It is what it is. What I'm saying, the way he structured his businesses, which I love, is he's now moved into. He he said similar to what you said, Sean, with the believability. He said, uh, so many millionaires came out of real estate. So that's what I went to do. I went to do real estate. Now, I want next, next goal is billionaire. So many billionaires, most of the billionaires, like 90% of billionaires, I've all done private equity. So I switched over to private equity. And so I was like, oh, that, that's smart. That's, that's that how you smart. do it. It is. It's very smart. So he went to private equity, but the way he structures it, similar to how I try to structure things, much smaller scale, but as I start to grow, is, all right, the restaurant division of the light group, right, is this. It's the only division we have right now. But <laughs> the restaurant That's division of the not light true. group. We got a content division, baby. Content division, content division, which TiVo runs. Uh, <laughs> we get the restaurant division of the light group. I have a guy, guy Brandon. I think he's great. You know, me and him have great. You know, even when we we differ of opinions, we go back and forth and we come to a resolution, right? So, I believe that should be the CEO of the light group restaurant division. When we go to real estate, I need to find somebody who I believe is going to be the CEO of that of it's that so division. Smart. And then that I just keep leaving. I don't stay. That's not my job. I'm to go buy and get more acquisitions for the company and then find someone who's really good at what they do and let them lead the division. And now I can step aside. And now I can have 400 companies underneath one umbrella because I have 100 different people managing every set, every, every group of 50. And they can do that. Then they have people below them managing every, every five of that 50. And so it just, it just works. And that's how – if you want to grow at scale in any way, it can't all be you ever. So you have to surround yourself, people. And I love it. And this is why I, I didn't feel necessary last night. I tried to do a little research before the podcast because I like to get into this type of stuff. I really fa- think we found – and not that the listeners care, but I really feel like we found our, like our, <laughs> our topics that we want to talk about. It does about. feel good, though. We, we, were, we were really dancing around the bush for a while oh, there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But you guys see Kim Kardashian's new commercial? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all right. <laughs> I knew T-O numbers on this. numbers were up. We're we're talking about four, five, six hundred percent growth on our numbers when we're yes, talking about fucking nope. when when Lizzo's sticking bananas up the hoo hoo. <laughs> we're getting numbies. <laughs> now I agree. The long term growth of that we didn't really have a direction. <laughs> but we're looking Pat, for quick hitters. Quick hitters. I sat with Pat. I said, "What do you want?" He goes, "I want numbies." I said, "Here we go. <laughs> this chick shoving bananas up coochies. Let's talk about it." <laughs> That's going to deliver numbies, and damn it, it delivered numbies. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so like I said, it's just like, it's good to be and have this, but that's why like I had this tweet that I – and just to give you guys behind the scenes of how, we, how I do all this. I had a tweet yesterday. I really liked it. Put it on LinkedIn for all you LinkedIn folks. Mm. And then 
I'm like, this is a great tweet. That's all I need because I'm going to get into this and we're going to go in a million different directions. No, never in my wildest, not probably my wildest dreams, as they would say in the Santa Claus. But oh, wow. I, I was thinking the same thing. That sounded exactly like the Santa yeah. Claus. But I did. All right. Yeah. I, I Could I have seen this going to Ray Dalio? Yeah. But in the beginning, I had no thought that Ray Dalio's believability scale would come up. And so here we are. But it's right. That's how I try to how to do my businesses. And it makes sense that like if I was I think I would do here's here's a statement. And you can clip this. I think I would do okay, maybe even good, as the general manager of the Boston Red Sox. Right now. Me as me right now. Because of the conversation. <laughs> just get Mookie had. Betts. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, clip that and stop it there so people have to come listen. But the 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 way first of all I know baseball I have a good base knowledge, but I I think I would be solid at it because I know that when it comes to putting this together, I would just I would think I'd be good at figuring out who should be my team and who should be the people that are surrounding me to make good baseball decisions. All right, listen, this is what I'm good at. I know who's good who are good baseball players. That's it. But then. All right, how do I build a team? All right, well, Alex Cora, I think, has a pretty good knowledge of what he needs on in his clubhouse in order to go win a World Series. All right, all right, so Alex, you've got to be in every decision with us, Alex. And then, all right, this guy is fantastic and has such a great sense of the minor leagues. You come in. This guy is big on, on the, those, those analytics, all right, that I don't really know dick about. Maybe I bring Tyler Milliken or, or, or Tebow. And he brings them in. All right, now we have an analytics guy. Like we have all of these guys. Let's say we have five people in there. It's not – and most people might want to say too many cooks in the kitchen. No. There's only one cook in the kitchen. It's me. I'm just getting as much data as I can and then making the best decision I can make at that time. And then we go. And that's why I think I might be an okay, okay, or okay to good, possibly to very good general manager of the Boston Red Sox because I wouldn't necessarily – be the guy being like, oh, I want that guy because I might not even know who the hell that guy is. But my guy who I believe in, as long as I assemble the right team, boom sauce, I'm a great general manager. Yeah. What do you got, Tebow? I was going to say, you bring me in as the content guy, and we're going to make content that's better than the rest of the league, and the free agents oh. are going to want to come because they'll be able to build their own brand. I think, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, and I now know it's Tebow's opinion, I believe that I think the Pirates do some great content – I think uh, the more, I think I think it's the Brewers do some solid. Like I think content to develop the next generation of fans. Obviously, you're going to have your fans that are in your your area. That you know, people from New England are going to be Boston Red Sox fans, right? But I think 100 percent that you'll be able to draw up top talent because everyone wants to be famous, and almost every baseball player thinks that the moment they step foot in the big league field, they are instantly famous, and it's unbelievably not true. And so. You, in order to get to that, if you can make it cool in your organization that this is going to be this fun thing that we're going to be doing this cool ass shit that we want all of our team to surround ourselves with, it's going to draw in people because they're going to want to be a part of trying to become famous and date the best looking women, be supermodels. That is what baseball players want. It's pretty much what all guys want. And so <laughs> I went one hundred percent. Tivo, you're my first hire. Head of content strategy, and we were going to have the time of our lives. It'd be fun. It'd be great. It would be. It would be. So. I think when it comes to, like I said, I, and I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I kind of know how we got to this point, but you see just from that, that conversation alone took 45 minutes, and we didn't hit everything. But 
what you see is how much goes in behind the scenes into making decisions. Like I just told you who I would – I named like five people off the top – not people, but like type, type of heads of companies that I would need. And I w- they'd have to be taking in all this information. And then, of course, Heimblum's the guy that makes the decision at the end of the day. And if he didn't make the decision you like, so be it. But you can't tell me that he should have pulled the trigger when you don't know what, the, what he was shooting at. Like you don't know what was happening. Like, you know, he could have it could have been the worst trade in the history of the Red Sox. But because in in here's another thing. Let's talk about this one more time. Backs up against the wall. Right. As an entrepreneur or as Heim Bloom, general manager of the of the Red Sox. You're telling me that, that motherfucker on the other end of that phone call, the Dodgers, the Dodgers GM doesn't know that Heim Bloom's on the hot seat. You're telling me that he's not he has he knows that Heim Bloom's going to have to make probably has to make a decision and has to make a good, has to make a deal because he if he doesn't go to the playoffs he might be out. You don't tell me he's going to offer a worse deal knowing that Heimbloom might have to do it. Like it's almost holding his feet to the fire. And Heimbloom being like eventually being like no, I can't do that. That is going to be terrible. <laughs> so but you don't know the people would take advantage of that situation. It's similar when I like when you know I don't know and like the, so I have um, one of my restaurants has part of the deal I hated. I absolutely despised. I still hate it to this day. But I had no choice. I wanted the restaurant. I wanted, I needed what, I needed this to get done like three weeks prior. It didn't. I had to do it. It pains me to this day that I did it. But it was, at the end of, in my opinion, at the end of the day, it was the right decision. But like, they knew they had me. I had to make the I either either do this or lose the restaurant. Which one was more valuable? One to Fortnite terms we were talking about yesterday banning the minigun because I am the best with the minigun. It was either are we going to keep playing and ban the minigun or we or would are you guys are you hated the game now and don't want to play anymore. It was like that was what it was. Obviously we're going to play now still with the minigun. But <laughs> it, it, the believability I, guy also called that. Believability <laughs> guy definitely called that. But it, when it comes to like all of those things, you don't like you have to understand that other people, if as the fans of the Boston Red Sox know that Heim Bloom's on the hot seat, you bet your ass the general managers of opposing teams know he's on the hot seat. If you were a general manager of opposing team and the guy had some good players that you wanted, are you not and you know he's on the hot seat, you're not calling him first, knowing that he's probably more motivated to make a deal, even if it doesn't go exactly the way he wants it. Like the Dodgers, why would you do a deal? If you don't, you know, the guy, the team in first place with the GM doing great, everyone loves him. He does. Ah, oh, no, I don't need to do this. I'm doing okay. I, I don't need to take that risk. But Heim might. And so Heim saying no is, you're right, for the Boston Red Sox fans, it's two possibilities. One, he was just, ah, I don't know if I can do it. He was kind of, what was the word that people used? Indecisive. The second <laughs> option is those deals were so fucking bad <laughs> that he's like, I'm going to get crucified if I do this. Uh, it's like, I'm, 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 I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like, um, all right, let's just hope this team makes the playoffs so I save my job. Because otherwise, I'm fucked. Because there's no way I can accept that deal. So there's just – and maybe there have been reports, I don't know, the follow that says, oh, there were, there were some good deals on the table, blah, blah, blah. Maybe. Who knows, right? I mean, you guys might know. I don't know. But what I'm saying is if you don't know that answer, it's hard to full send criticize the guy. You have to be like, okay, yeah, no, fuck face. We needed starters. But, okay, if they were really bad deals, I understand. Like, just that. Just give me that. 
And in all industries, just give me that. We all know that the, the CEOs of companies, the general managers of companies, the ownership, they're all going to come up with, with, on scrutiny and, and come under fire and all that good stuff. But just give me the little thing. Hey, I don't know the whole story, just so you know. But from where I'm standing, you suck at your job. And that would be enough, I think, for most people. It would be enough for me if my employee came up to me and said that. It would be a little aggressive. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I would at least be like, thank you for at least acknowledging you don't know the whole story. So that's, that's – and listen, unless you two have anything else to add to that, I think that's a, that's a good place to end. And I, now, I know that TiVo pre-show really wanted – he has – he has something he wants to bring to the table, and also for behind-the-scenes folks, TiVo loves to bring to the table things that he has never told us about and wants us to react live on the pod. So, TiVo, what are we reacting live with today? It actually it transitioned really well to the last thing that we talked about where you're saying the content's important, and if you want to yeah. be in professional sports, you know whether it's baseball or football or hockey, just because you make it to the big leagues doesn't mean that you're automatically famous. <laughs> Now, this person is famous, but he has maybe begun to date somebody who arguably is the most famous person on the earth. And Sean's laughing because he thinks I'm just doing this for clicks, but we're a business pod <laughs> no, 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 no. We're a business pod here. And I thought it was fascinating and not really surprising that Taylor Swift is in the box and the, the internet went wild. The internet went wild. There's a Taylor Swift cam on CBS where the game was on. Everybody in the lower level that could see her was just videoing her the whole time. And we have to ask the question, whether it's Travis Kelsey or the NFL, the Taylor Swift effect, how is it affecting our income? How is it affecting our GDP? What benefits does just Taylor Swift going to one game bring for more Travis Kelsey than anybody else, but even the NFL. And I want well, you saw Travis Kelsey's jersey sales went up four hundred percent last weekend. What Did a stat! Really? What a yeah. stat! What a stat! Is that business? What a stat, Sean! Great stat. That that's the one I had. That's the one I had written down. This is business. We're talking business, folks. <laughs> and then literally, so that night and that and Monday morning, the ticket sales for Chiefs Jets started ticking up. Oh, uh, yeah, they think she's going to be in the building. And it's not because Zach Wilson's playing quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, uh, I'll get us started on this. First off, um, I forget who the gentleman is. He's a stand-up comedian at Barstool, young kid. Sass? Uh, Sass. He's actually been to, the, been to, fun fact about Sass, he's been to uh, Green Rock once that I know at least of. And I, I introduced myself. You know, I didn't know him at the time. Um, s- still don't know him. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember going up to I think Marty or you or somebody and being like, I think that man's a serial killer. Uh, but regardless of that, I saw a clip of him yesterday. Sass is the I man. Love, which, which I, yeah, I know. I, I want to make I want to make point because I loved what he said. He said that um, there was obviously a debate. You know, Swifties and and the NFL people and all this shit. And I see I I'm on record of this podcast saying that I think Swifties are, are ridiculous. A lot of them are ridiculous. Um, I understand that you really resonate with stuff, but it's a bit much for me. Um, <laughs> and so uh, and I saw two things I wanted to uh, uh, Sass said, I, I'm not on board with the NFL people being like, oh, fuck, the Swifties are watching the NFL now. He goes, not once, and you can play the clip for the, for the podcast. That'd be actually pretty good if you could see it. But he goes, not once have I ever been sitting at home watching the NFL and be like, Fuck, I hope chicks aren't watching this show right now. This game right now. <laughs> so I love that. I had to shout out Sass for that because I thought that was hilarious. And then uh, I think it was I think it was KFC 
said that um, he thinks his his conspiracy theory is that Swifties don't want Taylor to be happy because uh, her music changes and <laughs> they, they they just don't want the happy ending so to speak because uh, they, they resonate so well with everything he's doing and now because that's it doesn't seem like a lot of Swifties are on board with Travis Kelsey. Um, although I thought it was pretty it's cool definitely to see. a different different mold than her typical boyf boyf yeah I do think I thought I thought it was pretty cool to see honestly and this might be my inner high school kid still in me but the, to see I tell her sort of kind of sings about that high schooly type relationship mm. and to see them drive away in an old convertible like the football star and the and the girl I thought it was kind of <laughs> almost like cliche with that one story. It was is it love? It's Wait, not, is it, was it there story? video of them driving away in a convertible? Oh, yeah. In a, yeah, an a old picture, school convertible. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was kind of cool because you saw <laughs> it. But the it, it, when she sang, I think it was love story when she said that. I don't think it is love story where she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts. She's cheer captain and you belong I'm with the me. Bleachers. I think I'm not 100 sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's clip funny. it. Just, yeah, exactly. But. Like it was kind of, it was kind of almost like, hey, listen, as a Taylor, I, I like Taylor Swift's music a lot of it, and be like, oh, good for you, Taylor, you finally landed the football player, right? You, you got turned down in high school, but you landed the guy eventually. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, and because it was an old school convertible, it was almost like it was back in the '80s or something like that. You know, when when you had those types of cars around. <laughs> this is um, ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So was she actually? Wheeled away in the popcorn. In the popcorn. I actually chest. think so. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. If the I think so. If there was no, um, no actual way to get down. Here's it's an old stadium, right? So it may. Somewhat. It could be. I will say there is an underground tunnel leading from the baseball stadium next door to the ch the Chiefs stadium. That's cool. Here, I'll, uh, I got I got a story for you. Well, hold when on. We Before, I, well, let's start, let's let's start on this. Keep on this. Okay. The I will say, I it, I'm sure they knew in advance. Because I'm sure they, so I'm sure they planned. Um, if there is no alternate route, I say yes because it would be pandemonium, and I, I think pandemonium might be the correct word. Pandemonium. <laughs> oh yeah. If she walks if she walks out that out that. Well, there uh, there were just there was just like a little in that video you saw uh, like fans just camped outside of that elevator. Um, I mean, I guess they knew, but on the same on the same note, uh, when I was working for the Lakers, uh, I we were playing in Toronto. And Toronto's basketball or practice facilities in the arena, and you actually have to go like on the main concourse level where you go buy like hot dogs and popcorn and stuff. There's like a door entrance to it there. Uh, and for this game, we did not have Nick Swaggy P Young or D'Angelo Russell uh, uh, suited up for this game. They were coming off injury or something like that, so we were going to go and we we're going to get some shots up during the game, which was like the coolest thing ever for me because I was like in the middle of this NBA game going to the Raptors practice facility to get shot. We we're playing like knockout and horse with these guys. Uh, but to get there, uh, we just went down the hall. We, nobody gave us really instructions. So we went down the hallway, flipped on an elevator, and these guys are in like Lakers uniforms. Uh, and we're taking the elevator up, and it's stopping at all the the levels and fans are like getting in to go it's like they're like getting into the elevator and they're like stopping and they're like what <laughs> and they're like is this real and i was like mortified i was like i i've done something terribly wrong think nobody was like really freaking out or anything like this but it was just like we we're just like in an elevator at an nba game going from level to level to level and two of the lakers players are in are in the elevator with us and so i don't, I don't know but sometimes maybe these things I, i'm sure taylor swift has orchestrated much more than what i had uh, but these things do happen 
We sound like no. TMZ right now. I'm about business. What's the business yes. effect? Well, I'm just saying. What's no, the, I'm just Taylor, saying. the Taylor Swift effect? Each time she shows up to a game, there's a number that she's giving free publicity to Travis Kelsey, free publicity to the NFL. I, I don't know what to put Listen, on it. Listen, I think what, I, I think had a girl. Last last point. I had a girl text me, like that I talked to a lot, and she just she just asked the question. She goes, "Do you know who Travis Kelsey is?" Question mark. Listen, that's that's the exposure he's getting. Yeah, no, without a doubt, at the very least, very least, chief game numbers are going up. At the very least, every home game, they're probably. I mean, listen, the Chiefs are good, so they're probably selling out or pretty close to it. Will there be an uptick of of women at home wanting to watch the Chiefs game to see if she's there? Yes, definitely, definitely. However. You know, with red zone nowadays, pretty much all the guys at home have red zone already, so the the games are probably already on. So- I could see, I could see viewership going up for sure. Like, like, uh, like a the the women of the household might like might if 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 the husband's gonna watch TV uh, football, can we put on the Chiefs game because that's yes. like a thing now. Yep, yep. No, I I think one hundred percent we're gonna see. Obviously, we've already seen an uptick in sales, jersey sales for Kelsey, which is fantastic. Um, you're gonna. You're definitely Taylor Swift. But the, I'll, I'm gonna to hold on a second. Who's buying the jersey? Is it like women now are wearing yeah. Travis oh, Kelsey yeah. jerseys? A hundred percent. They're just they're the, that locked in on Taylor Swift. Yes. Well, well, they, here's the thing. Yes. They're, I would. I think they. I agree with Tebow. They were like they're saying like maybe they wanted to wear a cute jersey to the bar, and now they're just like now I have a good now I have a good excuse to do it. Hundred percent. Yes. One hundred percent. They're lat locked in on Taylor, but even if they're only somewhat fans, it gives them a reason to be a fan of somebody because they don't care about the teams. So it's I like, agree, oh, agree, agree, agree. even if they don't know Travis Kelsey's <laughs> name, they'd be like, "Who's the guy that, that Taylor Swift's dating?" Yes, I'll yeah. wear his jersey. And they're Can I gonna have his jersey. It's like all in college, all the guys like to wear their jerseys to the day drinks and stuff. And now the girls are gonna get their Chiefs Kelsey. Oh, yeah. They'll bedazzle it. They'll customize Listen, it. Listen, it's beat. gonna be a Swifty flavored Kelsey jersey. A hundred percent. Listen, uh, me and Sean have to go out for Sunday Fun Day this weekend, and which we have we'll to do a Kelsey out. count. Kelsey count. Kelsey count. We're going to do a Kelsey count. count. See how Live Kelsey count. Because let me tell you something. At my bars, the amount of women that are in there that are not there for football is a lot. I don't know the percentage, but it's a lot. It's very high. A lot of little Giants jerseys. Oh, yeah, which we'll still see. But I guarantee you there's an uptick of Travis Kelsey's jersey. I'm willing to put money on it. Take it to the bank. What's our over-under? Over-under. Women in Travis Kelsey jerseys. And, and, well, they're also the, noted they're playing the Jets mm, uh, this one, weekend. Yeah. So more Chiefs fans would come out. And it's a Monday or a Sunday night game? It's one of those two. I don't know which one. Giant, Giants are Monday, so it's Sunday night. Okay, so they're Sunday night. It's Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I Listen, I'm going to say... We'll probably stop by all of all three bars. I doubt we go to McSwiggins. So uh, let's say I'll say I see a minimum, minimum. Oh, it's gonna be tough. We gotta make sure we don't double count people. But minimum. Yeah, th- yeah we're gonna do that. No, I mean I saw her. <laughs> That's Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say seven and a half women in Travis Kelsey jerseys. I like that number. I'm going on there. I'm going on. It just feels so over. ridiculous to me Hammer that that the would over, happen. Hammer over, Tivo. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking my uh, yeah, I want to I want to say uh yeah, over. 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 We got two overs. Yeah. Two overs. Is it just ladies in that, I, that we're counting? 
Well, we're assuming that's why the uptick. Uh, the guy like the gentlemen are going to yeah, get Kelsey because he's on a fantasy team. <laughs> yes, exactly. So okay. we'll go women, and all three locations can be counted. And uh, oh, any just in general, anywhere we're out, out and about Sunday fun out day. About, out and about, out and about, and so seven and a half. TiVo, clip this. Let's mm-hmm. get it up on social so we can get some fan interaction on what we think the, the over under is. Let's get some more people thinking to saying what they think it'll be. Um, but yeah, close the loop on then, that. Great well, conversation. I'll post it. I'll post it Sunday morning. And then, and then you gotta, you gotta on your story. You gotta take a picture of each one you see. And yeah. Start yeah, 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 definitely. I'm down. I'm down. I'm That'd down. Be good. So, um, that yeah, to close the loop on that, Taylor Swift. It, it's real, obviously. Just from the first three seconds of this conversation, when Sean's chimed in with Jersey sales for Travis Kelsey, up four hundred percent. Right there, you, you you see it. I wonder what their uh, podcast numbers for the brothers show. Uh, ooh, how many how many more downloads? Guaranteed spikes. Just oh, the just the clippage, and they were talking about it too. Oh yeah, so then you get yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're leaning into it a hundred percent because then not only is Sports Center sharing your clip, but TMZ is Pat McAfee with Kelsey was on there. They were talking about talk, it. Get out of sports. Anything in CBS, ABC morning shows, TMZs, everything. everything. It is remarkable. Take like I, I did find we watched the Chiefs game because Kelsey's my tight end, uh, and it was like I was like this is crazy. How many times? Like Kelsey catches the ball, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and 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 I will also say this. I know I'm kind of leaving the loop open here a little bit, but I, I, it did cross my mind that this could be like a stunt. Uh, not to say, I mean, who knows? It, but I crossed my mind that it could be a stunt. She's in between tours right now, right? She's it's uh, she's going over to her overseas tour starting in November, uh, and. She was pretty aggressively cheering. You know what I mean? Like, I she knows she's going to be on TV. She knows she's going to be seen. She knows what's happening here. It did cross my mind. Yeah, it did cross my mind that this could just be a little stunty stunt. She doesn't need that though. I know she doesn't, but it keeps the wheel. If you're not in the media, it is a decline, right? And to keep keep it rolling. Keep going out to you know Buenos Aires or wherever she's going to be doing her tour. Uh, like it, it did because it was just so obvious and so she's in your face. a real like, she person was like, too, Sean. She wants I understand to have a that, good but time. she was like she was chest bumping for a touchdown. She was banging the glass, and I know she's kind of like an over celebrator kind of thing. I know that's her mo, and I and me and Patrick actually discussed this that this is like uh, we actually think this is actually her. Uh, because she's always like gushing when she wins an award, even though she's the most famous person in the world. Uh, so, like, but it did cross my mind that it is very obvious. Like, there's no way she didn't know that this was going to become a thing. She loves attention. I loves it, and I like. I can get rid of. I can't stand watching her shows because she her choreography is just like, oh my goodness. And I get it. Maybe okay. Maybe that's all the girls. Yeah, you don't in the like. Shower. You don't like the T Swift strut. No, it's so oh get at but okay maybe it's all girls maybe I don't relate to it I get it I understand <laughs> clearly we do whatever but you know what I don't like and this is what I'm gonna relate relate the 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 inbox next first off bold strategy putting uh, I would never introduce uh, maybe if it was Taylor Swift to my mom <laughs> the first time uh, yeah. Carol would not care she no. would be grilling grilling all over the place yeah but. The, did you see her at the VMAs? Did you see that clip? She's do, she knows the camera's yes, on sir. her, and she's doing, uh, 
Oh, Pat, we just really set ourselves up for a clip there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm is, not reposting that one. <laughs> no, but it is. It's just over the top. Tebow's head, his wheels are spinning. He's like, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, like I can totally get on board. Listen, we we understand the game of trying to get clicks and like understand putting on a performance for people. Like you okay you, on the on the stage, you're doing all the you're doing all the gyrations and all the choreography <laughs> because that is that's you know, this is the show. This is the show. I understand that. But when you're going when you're in the crowd and you're doing this. Like you're, you're. This is what you want. This is who of you course, are, and I've of seen course. multiple clips of it. So this is the type of person she is. I don't think that the cheering was fake. I think that's who she is. I think, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, but I think that um, I think the the public, the I think going out with Travis Kelsey, I think she probably you know, maybe ask some people. You think it's okay that I go to the game? Like it's a lot. I know it's gonna create a, create a little bit of distraction. Blah 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 blah. Leaving I bet you it's like convertible yes. together. Yeah, I think it's all good. And I I bet you her publicist or somebody said also not the worst thing in the world. You're gonna be in the news a lot. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the more likely scenario. I don't think she did it for the news. I think, but it's a definite a a, a nice side effect for her. So, listen, the Taylor Swift uh, the Taylor Swift effect is real. Uh, Travis Kelsey. I don't think this relationship lasts. Travis Kelsey doesn't seem to be a real like looking for a <laughs> settle down type guy. <laughs> uh, but hey, listen, it will, will only time will tell here. Uh, but under seven or Sean's taking the under seven and a half. Me yeah, and Tebow yeah. at the over. We'll post this. You you won't hear this until it's already been posted and we've counted. But we'll post this Sunday morning. Reshare. Get I'm calling. Here, here's one more call. We're gonna see one. Chiefs number thirteen Swift jersey. Wow! So the over under is at a half. Is, is, is a half? Is that a, is that half? Yeah, half. Is that half. All right. I'll say. Oh wow! I kind of want to take the over in that yeah. too. I'm going to take the under supply chain issues. Supply chain issues. <laughs> <can't> ship that <laughs> quickly. Right, um, I would over. also count a, a jersey T-shirt. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Quicker turnaround from customink.com. <laughs> Quicker turnaround. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, and yeah, and until next time, we will see you later.